Welcome back to another edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And the voice on the phone is Danny Austin from Post Media, our somewhat regular guest who uh, joins us again. Say hi to the folks, Danny. Hello, folks. How's everyone doing? One of our many CFL insiders for Valentine Volvo, which, of course, also brings you this podcast. Indeed, they do. And this week, uh, we're going to ahead of ourselves a little bit because it's going to be a couple of weeks before the nominees come out. But we wanted just to start kicking it around the table here as to who we think the Stampeder nominees are going to be for top players. And it's what you do when you're coming off a bye week. Exactly. And there's nothing else to talk about. There's nothing else going on. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, that's that's what you do coming off a, a, a bye week. So I guess, uh, first of all, if you want to start somewhere, eh, let's start with uh, the top Canadian. There's a couple of intriguing choices here. And Danny, I'm going to start with you. But uh, so far, I I think that there's one solid choice coming out of the Stampeders for top Canadian. I just want to see where you're going with this. Well, I mean, I I think we'd all probably agree that Corey Greenwood, if he was healthy and looked like he was going to play for the rest of the season, would be the runaway winner, right? I mean, he's... uh, He's had, he's he's been a phenomenon, uh, you know. Just such a. I'll be honest, surprised me. I I thought he'd be good. I thought he was an experienced guy. Um, but I just thought losing Alex Singleton was such a big blow to the team. And Corey Greenwood has really really softened that blow. I mean, was leading the league in tackles. Has has really sort of been everywhere, and has been a really real stabilizing force. I think um, in the middle of a defense that had a lot of new faces. So um, he's the guy. The issue is that the one thing that all of us would have said is, look, he's also 34. Um, he also missed a season due to a, a knee injury, and, and, and you just worry about whether he was going to be able to hold up, not because he doesn't take his fitness seriously, but that's just what happens in your mid-30s. Trust me, I know. Um, so I, I do think that was the concern, and right now we're seeing these back problems, which uh, are, are persistent, and don't. I'm not sure they're going away. And if he, if he doesn't finish the season, I'm not sure you can give him the award. Jocko, are you on Team Greenwood or no, where are you going? No, definitely not a runaway in my books because I think Derek Wiegand is is having just an unbelievable season. And, you know, I, I've talked to so many coaches about Derek Wiegand, and he is an unsung player. You know, what he does for this team, you know, the way he's come in, you know, been the guy, especially with Junior Turner going down, I think he's having his best season as a Calgary Stampeder. And I think we can all agree this team is winning a lot of football games because of their defense, which surprises a lot of us. So for me, I, I got to put Derek Wiegand in that conversation. So I, I, I agree with you guys that I think Corey Greenwood has been excellent. Uh, you're right about the injuries, but for a, to say a runaway, uh-uh, because I got Derek Wiegand in the mix. Okay, so like if, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if Corey Greenwood is hurt the rest of the way, uh, I think we go with Wiegand. But if, uh, if Corey Greenwood miraculously yeah. gets healthy and goes the rest of the way, what, uh, what tips the scales for you guys? Danny? Um, so, I mean, ultimately, I just think Corey Wiggins been the been, been the guy. I mean, I, I, that's no, that's no, not taken away from Derek Wiggins. I think he's been he's been terrific and uh, a, a real just just a positive story. Step, yeah, um, stepping up and uh, you know losing Michael Johnson in the middle of these, as you guys said, junior, but essay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have been a real a, a real tough spot in him and, and Mike Rose. Um, that said, it's Corey Greenwood for me. Uh, the guy's just been a tackling machine out there. That has done a little bit of everything that you hear about his leadership. Um, he's the guy. I'll also give a shout-out. He's not actually in the conversation, but uh, another Canadian on defense, Royce Mechie. Boy, what yeah. a year he, he's mm-hmm. having. Huge surprise. Had no idea he was capable as of this. A second, uh, as a second-year player, too, yeah. taking over that safety who, spot. Who potentially could have been third on the depth chart if mm-hmm. Tunde Adelike and Adam Berger were still around. Um, 
as I'm sure the Stamps wanted to be. So, yeah, but for me, it's Greenwood. Just the tackles kind of do it for me. Okay, fair enough. Yep, no, I'm with that. Uh, now, about uh, about the top rookie, this one is kind of interesting to me because there's a, there, there's a couple of choices here potentially. Jocko, I want to hear where you're going with this. Well, you know what? Uh, guy's got a great last name, so uh, how can you not go with Raheem Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I love your judging criteria here, Chuck. Do you so, disagree? Well, we uh, we might. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a solid choice. But I guess, Danny, the other guy that you have to put in the conversation is uh, is, is Nate Hawley. But I, I think uh, as good as Hawley's been, the scales tip to uh, Raheem just because he stepped in as a starter at that cornerback position, which ain't easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be up on my old soapbox. I feel like every year I just pick a stamp corner and say that they should be rookie of the year and no one listens to me. But it's Raheem Wilson. I mean, stepping in week in, week out, um, the stats are, are there. But as we know, those can be misleading for defensive backs. But, yeah. um, you know, it was funny. Some of the other guys uh, were getting more love early in the season. And I'm thinking of uh, Roberts and Daniel in particular, who kind of stepped in and got a couple of interceptions. But Raheem's really been the one. And, I mean, Desan Amos isn't a rookie, rookie or else he'd be in the conversation too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Raheem, Raheem Wilson's been the one who really just, you know, he's been so consistent. He's been there. I think he's playing at an all-star level. I don't necessarily think he's going to be named as an all-star, but I think he's playing as well as any, um, you know, field corner in the league. And, and yeah, he's got to be the guy. Um, I have trouble, look, just offensively on, on the other side of the ball. There's just not really a standout right now. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they got great young look, receivers, but they're young and they're not having breakout seasons as, as a rookie. So uh, you're right. You can't personally, yeah. I think that they, we've been waiting for them Um like I think we've been waiting for them to step up in yeah. some way, um, and they've been good, but they just haven't um, at a time when the Stamps have needed. Who's, a guy who's to step been up the best out of the bunch in your books? Because for me, probably uh, Hergie Mayala. I, I, th- I think he's 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 shown the most promise to me. But you know, maybe you guys go a different way. I'm going to actually. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go with, uh, and it's unfortunate because he's lost time to injuries. But when he's been healthy, I think Richie Sedani okay. has been uh, has been the best Canadian receiver out there. Out of I mean, of course, of he mind, had yeah. the he had the big, you know, the the high profile fumble earlier on in the year. But you know, if you take that you take that X off the copy uh, the copy book, then I, I think he's made the bigger catches. Herji Mayala is certainly starting to come on, but for a guy who contributed from day one, I, I think I'd lean Sedani. Okay. Yeah, Sandani is my guy too. I, it's actually sort of the one time that I've used my, uh, you know, the pages that I get in the paper to sort of lecture people. I thought that the fans were being really, really hard on Sandani um, about a month and a half ago, and not realizing you know, this is a guy who could have been in college last year. This could have been his rookie season when Breskison went down. A lot of things could have fallen apart. Um, look, Sandani has room to improve, but that well, welcome to CFL. Lots of these young Canadians do. So he's really impressed me. Um, I'll be honest, I, I don't think Lucas has done as much as I, I sort of hoped for, mm-hmm. given um, how much he was talked about coming in. Um, but a quick shout-out to just a guy who I, I'm not putting him on the level of those guys, but Colton Hunchak has no business doing what he's been doing no. the last uh, <laughs> no. couple of games. He was he was not even on the radar uh, as much as a month ago as an actual receiver. And uh, I think that in Calgary, a lot of people take the next man up thing for granted because they're so good at it. But it's tough, you know. Most teams don't have this next man after next man, and I don't no. even think the Stamps knew that what they had at Colton Hunchak until he got on the field. And uh, just a great story, a Calgary kid sent back to York to finish off his college career, 
brought back, and he's really stepped up in a big way for a team that needed it. Yeah, absolutely. But just, uh, you know, hasn't been around long enough, unfortunately, to be in the conversation for that top rookie. So I think we're, uh, as a group, I think uh, Raheem Wilson is is going to be uh, our enough. guy. This is, uh, this is, and this because is he's a... got the great last name, right? Yeah. We, we all agree on that? No. Oh, okay. no, no, we don't. <laughs> but, uh... I, hey, I do. I'm with you, Doc. Uh, thanks. Appreciate uh, that, Daddy. Wow. Dave, Dave. Apple Tom polisher. Uh. <laughs> hey, let's go on. We've been talking about a lot of defensive guys here, but. Uh, when you go to top defender, man, that is uh, I, it's I, to, to me. It seems like a tough choice, mm. or does it? When you look at the the certain breakout numbers of certain second year cornerbacks, <laughs> no, I've I've had this argument privately. Publicly, I have said Trey Robeson all the way, and I, I mm-hmm. do really think that he's got to be there. It's it's so tough because you know because I've talked so much about Trey, I'm inclined towards you know bringing some other guys up, um, and I do think that Greenwood was having a year that sort of merited conversation i also just think we cannot overstate how good cordero law has been all year and no, how, we can't. um and I, I do think like just because you know obviously charleston hughes willie Jackson, some other guys have had such such big names he doesn't realistically have a shot of, of you know winning most of in defensive player and i think that's sort of why some of us strategically begin to look at trey not not intentionally but that's just what you do um but cordero law has been the heart and soul of this defense you talk Absolutely. to anyone He's the leader. He's the, he's the one. And um, when that defensive line was finding its feet early in the season, he was the he was the force to be reckoned with. He's he's just been um, he's gone above and beyond, and I really think he deserves respect. That said, um, it's weird because it's a special teams play, I guess, that kind of I think really got people's attention. Is well, could this guy win the award? But Trey has been incredible, um, and I, I do think he. He's probably my nominee. Well, a lot of voters look at the sexy numbers, and the sexy numbers are obviously the interceptions. And, you know, if he can win that title, I know he's uh, he's in a battle for the title right now, but uh, if he could win that title, uh, maybe he'll get some love nationally. But you're right, there's so many good defensive players in the uh, in the league this year. As much as, uh, you know, we can all uh, diss, you know, Simone Lawrence, he's having a great season. Uh, you know, Willie Jefferson's having a great season. You know, Charleston Hughes having a great season. It, it, it's going to, you know, whoever wins this, this award, even though I think the Stamps have one of the best defenses in the league I, I think they're going to be overshadowed uh, when it comes to the national voting so uh, i'll certainly go with trey roberson because he's having a, he, he's uh, as you say he's a difference maker from day one and i want to be clear that like i honestly think that like in the west it's willie jefferson i think he's the biggest game changer mm-hmm. out on the field week in week out so i i actually won't uh but it, it, it's it's a problem with playing for the calgary st peters particularly on defenses you just you don't quite get the love nationally uh, because it's such a system that you're a part of. Yeah, um, true enough. But Willie Jefferson's a very deserving winner if he if he wins it, which I think he will. Another really intriguing one for me, guys, is uh, is special teams because mm. you, you know you can automatically default to the kickers, uh, Renee Paredes or uh, Rob Maver. I don't know if I put Renee in because you know he's he's had the game winning kicks, but his percentage is not where it has been in recent years. Rob Maver continues to be uh, a great directional kicker, uh, man. I would love to give it to one of the cover guys just because I love the unsung heroes, but I I don't think, just hear me out on this. I don't think you guys are going to agree with me, but even though he doesn't have the sexy numbers of a, of a Brandon Banks, you know, the number of return touchdowns, I just think Terry Williams has had a great year for my position on the sidelines. I, I get to watch this guy return kicks up close and I just see what he does just in terms of possession, you know, just in terms of catching the ball and, and, and going north-south and the punishment he takes out there. And I think Terry's having a good year. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find numbers. So if Jock wants to talk for a second, because I just opened well, up. Well, you know, the numbers for Terry Williams on, on punt returns, you know, basically, you know, he's, he's got 532 punt return yards. And, you know, Freddie Williams, Chris Rainey have a little bit more. But, you know, he's averaging, you know, 10.6 on punt returns. And you really look at, at those numbers, I think they're they're fantastic. You know, his, his numbers aren't quite as good, you know, with the kickoff returns. He has an average of, of what, 25.2, point, uh, actually, which is which is up there if you look at, you know, Freddie Williams is slightly ahead. So yeah. it's, it's not bad at all. So, you know, you're right. And, and I guess, you know, and, and you got to remember, it is it is special teams. I, I don't like the, the way that he, he tires out in a game, you know, when he has to when he has to play the running back position as well. And that's something I know the Stampeders are certainly concerned about. But no, I, I certainly I can't I can't go wrong. You know, with uh, with Terry Williams, only because I agree with you, Dave. I, I think if you look at uh, Rob Maver, yes, great season, but is he is he the best punter? I say he's had a couple of off games this year. You know, Renee Paredes is always Mister Reliable, Mister Steady, um, but I don't think it's his best career, best year as as a Calgary Stampeder, even though his numbers are, are pretty good. And and I know uh, Greg Peterson, if he was doing the show with us, he would take one of those uh, one of those cover guys like, like a Nate like Hawley. a Nate, like yep. a Nate Hawley, because Nate Hawley certainly would get some love. I think yep. uh, you know from the guys that really like to watch that element of the game well and, Nate Hawley I mean realistically if he hadn't been playing linebacker in the last realistically what game and a half right um mm-hmm. he probably has a couple extra and he's right up there with the league leaders in special teams tackles so yep. I gotta I, I gotta give him some love I, I, I do think it's Terry I think Terry's done a, a very good job um I, I tried to find any other interesting stats here um and there's really none I mean nope. three Stampeders have won have a have a kick that's blocked, including Kadeem Carey, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. But um, yeah, I mean it's got to be Terry. Just where else do you go? I mean, I, as you said, um, the numbers aren't quite there for for Perry, for Renee. Um, Terry's had a really good year. I think he's really stepped up in a big way. Um, there was a period where he was right up there in terms of kick return and punt return average. Um, and yeah, he's my guy. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, makes yeah. it unanimous, I guess, in this yeah. podcast. And there we go, Terry Williams, top special teamer, moving to the top lineman again. You know, this is always tough because yeah. you know you really this is the one where I think as a voter you really have to sit down with the coaches and just talk about how guys uh, grade uh, grade out week in and week out. I haven't had the chance to do that yet. Uh, it's been yeah. all uh, it's been all eyeball. And I think it comes down to the two usual suspects, and uh, that, of course, uh, would be uh, Shane Bergman and uh, and Derek Dennis. Maybe a little bit of an honorable mention to Ucombre Williams in in the middle, but uh, I think it's the the two guys on that one you side. Know, you know, Shane Bergman has had his vertigo issues this year and has missed a couple of games, but every time he is out of the game, um, you know, you, you realize how important he is to that offensive line. Yeah. I, I think he is the guy that really makes it uh, makes it click. So uh, for me, I would I would probably still go with uh, with Shane Bergman. Because again, I talk to the coaches, and the coaches, you know, tell me how important he is to that offensive line. Uh, he hasn't played a full season, but you're right; it's it's tough unless you really break it down, you know, with Pat Delmonico, who is your uh, top offensive lineman, Danny. I mean, it's almost too bad that we like you have to pit Dennis and Bergman against each other because you know, particularly when you talk to Dennis, Derek Dennis, and it's probably because he gets a little bit more recognition. But he just talks about how everything that he does is because he's got Bergman next to him, and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. they just they have this sort of telepathic. Um, level of communication and and I think they've been terrific and I think you've also seen I mean some of the numbers the, the sack numbers weren't great um, earlier in the season but I think that's partially playing with a rookie quarterback who who wasn't moving around the pocket quite the way holding the ball too long. Yep. yep 
Um, and and that's I mean that's not a huge indictment. That's a rookie quarterback. That's a first year quarterback for all intents and purposes, right? That's I, I think Arbuckle's got a long future ahead of him. Um, but yeah, I mean it's for me I'm going to go Derek Dennis. I just I, I think that he does so much and uh, is so good. But boy, that left side of the offensive line when it's when it's clicking is as good as any any tandem in the league. And I'm not going to break this tie, guys, because I just think these two guys are are, are so deserving. It's going to be one of those two, and you can't go wrong with uh, with yeah. whoever comes out on that and, side. And it is worth noting. I mean, this is something that I, I haven't really touched in my stories, but we don't know next year if Brad Ardos is back. We don't know how serious these issues, these um, vertigo issues are for Shane Bergman. He mm-hmm. can decide to hang it up if they're serious because you don't want to mess with stuff so with the brain. Derek Dennis is getting older. I mean, this this little group that they've had um, might not have long. It's, it's worth appreciating it now. So I like that you're not breaking in. We're just kind of taking the easy way out and not picking a winner yeah. between the three of us here. And the big uh, sexy award, of course, is the most outstanding player, Bo Levi Mitchell, the defending MOP for the league. He's out of the conversation yep. because of the time on the injured list. Uh, at this point... I'll be surprised it, if this is not unanimous. Yeah, yeah. at this point, it comes down to uh, one name. And who's gonna who's gonna be the first one to say it? That's <laughs> Reggie Bagleton, guys. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, if he wasn't missing that game, look, if he if he is able to lead the league in catches, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, he was pretty far ahead in yards after carry a little while ago. There's no reason why he can't win the the, the actual CFL award here. He's uh, he's had a huge season, a breakout season. He's done it with two quarterbacks. Um, you know, at times when nothing else is going on, you can just count on on Reggie and Eric Rogers to to come up with catches, to move the sticks. Um, he he's been phenomenal. I I will be perfectly honest. I don't know about you guys. This is sort of what I expected from him. I, I yeah. think we saw the preview of it last year. I thought he was this good. This is no surprise. But um, boy, is he he's he's a real force out there. And uh, the Stampeders are lucky to have him because they have needed that. He has had the chance to shine this year, and, and he's really taken it. I mean, where uh, Eric Rogers is just making these great catches in traffic week in and week out, Reggie Begleton gives you that ex- explosiveness, and, and you, you need to have that threat. You need to have the threat of a guy that you can, uh, that you can throw a little 10-yard ball to, and he's going to turn that into a 50-yard big play, and Reggie Begleton is that guy. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's 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 just incredible because I know that look it's it's not worth rehashing what happened last year but um, you know this team is without technically Kamar Jordan is supposed to be their top receiver right yeah. um, like and you, you just imagine those two running in the slot how hard that would be to cover especially with a guy like Eric Rogers and um, it's 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 a great story and I, I'm just so happy Reggie uh, the thing that people aren't going to realize is how much patience he had to have playing behind that deep receiving core, how frustrating it was for him to get into the lineup, finally get his shot last year, really begin to shine and then get hurt. Um, so for him to just stay healthy and do this this year, I know how much it means to him and I know how much it means to the Stampeders. So he's, he's my pick. You know, I'm not sure any Stampeder will win a national award this year, um, but the, the one that I'm very curious at, and we haven't really discussed it here, is Coach of the Year in the Canadian Football League because – Orlando Steinhauer has done an excellent job with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think we all agree Kahari Jones has done an excellent job with the Montreal Alouettes. That's going to be Kahari. And, and, and you know what? Craig Dickinson has done a nice job with the mm-hmm. Saskatchewan Roughriders, although he's coming off you know a, a season where Chris Jones won it last year as the head coach of the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Dave Dickinson, though, I think we'll all agree, is probably doing his best coaching job ever. Yes. He won that award in 2016. Does Dave Dickinson even make the top three, though, Danny? I was shocked. I saw a list last week. 
that didn't include him. I couldn't believe I it. I know. It's crazy. Do people just forget what happened this offseason? <laughs> do, um, do people forget how many new, just new faces and new bodies he had to get in? And I want to be clear that I, I do think we sometimes forget the position coaches in these. A lot of the credit goes to the likes of Josh Bell, of mm-hmm. Corey Mace. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, they've, they've done a really terrific job across the board. But hold up. This team lost how many starters from last year? Yeah. I, I expect them to win three of the next four. They've got Montreal. They've got the Riders. They've got two against Winnipeg. I don't 100% know which one they're going to lose. I wouldn't be surprised if it was this week's game in Montreal. But if they win the West outright, after all the changes that they had after losing Bo Levi Mitchell for, for seven, six, seven games and playing without and playing with Nick Arbuckle, I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, Kahari Jones has, has done a phenomenal job. I, you don't want to take away from either of them. But the idea that anyone else in the West is even in contention for this, um, I, well, no, that's not true. I think Craig Dickinson should be 100% in contention for this. But yeah. just Dave has to be part of the conversation. I can't understand it. I just, I just can't, guys. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, and so this is this has been probably the most and the best coaching yeah. that Dave Dickinson has had to do since taking over for this team. Just because it's not a team uh, of stars. Of no, it's not a team of stars, but uh, I think when the final ballot does come out for the Stampeder nominees for uh, Players of the Year, I'd be real surprised, guys, if the final choices differ much, yeah. if at all, from what we've come up uh, here today. And, Danny, I disagree with you. The Stampeders will not lose this weekend in Montreal because I, I know they've had issues in Montreal. I don't think they're going to go out and do any shenanigans. And coming off a of bye week, uh, Stampeders oh. are going to be a motivated team. I think the game they're going to lose, they're going to lose one game against Winnipeg. They're not going to sweep that series. Um, look, I don't, I, this is, this is the most motivated I have seen the Stampeders going into Montreal. Um, they hate the Salouettes too. Like, <laughs> they, they really, really hate them. Um, it's like, it's actually shocking how much it just seems personal. Um, and I can guarantee you, we're going to see the coaches lined up at midfield, making sure nothing happened for the game. Like I'm not saying anything like that, but, uh-huh. um, there are guys on that receiving core who do not like Tommy Campbell. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Um, you know, Dave literally in his scrum, um, you guys probably heard it yesterday, said, he's like, my guys didn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. The refs overcalled that game. There shouldn't have been the penalties. Montreal started it. You don't, there's a little bit of like the old yeah. athlete coming out in, from Dickinson there. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think they will be motivated. Sorry, I just don't think Chris Strebler um, has it in him. I, I think it sort of depends. We may see a Stan Peters team that, if they're ahead going into that two-game series with Winnipeg, uh, limits what they what they call a little bit, as they have done in the past in October. But if they have to win those games, I, I have zero faith in a Chris Trevler-led Winnipeg <laughs> offense being able to put up points against this uh, St. Peter's. Guys, uh, we're out of time here. It's been uh, lots of fun talking to potential award nominees and hatred of uh, Montreal with you. Hey, if you like what you hear on the Stampeder podcast, we'd love it if you uh, drop us a line. Also, feel free to let us know what uh, you'd like to hear in terms of story ideas. More Danny Austin. More Danny Austin. Tell a friend about (laughs) us. uh, Get that uh, reach out there. Get those downloads up. And remember, you can find the Calgary Stampeder podcast anywhere you get your podcasts online. Jock Wilson, thanks for this. Dave Rowe, you did a great job. As always, Danny Austin, thanks for this. Gentlemen, thanks so much for having me. We'll and see you thanks, guys later. Yeah, and thanks again for downloading another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast.